Hello and welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we talk about all things related to cl- creating, living, and making projects. I'm Grant Alexander, and I'm the host. And this week, uh, joining me as always is Adam Mackey and Morley Kurt. And tonight we have a special guest, hailing from La Belle Provence, a wonderful woodturner, a good friend, and all-around hilarious guy, Pat Lap. Hey guys, I thought it was making it. I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's okay. We get we get more views per uh, per Monday morning at uh, two o'clock in the morning than they do. Mm. So it's, it's all good. Um, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's a, been a lot of fun uh, getting to know you over the last couple of years, um, and I wanted to have you on to talk about. Um, something that you probably have never ever shared before. Um, it's comedy. Um, oh. <laughs> so everyone knows you as the as the funny guy. You make funny faces at the camera. You do funny things in your videos. To kind of give a, a background about where I found you and um, why I I started following you in the first place is the first moment I remember going like I got to follow this guy is uh, one of your videos. You were, you were like said to the camera, and I don't, I can't remember if you even said it in French or English, but you said like, "Oh, I really love working with hand tools because they're so much quieter." And then you take the <laughs> hand plane and you go across it and just yell and ah! And I was like, "That's hilarious!" And that was the time that I went, I got, I got to follow this guy, and that was a few years ago. And then since then, we've we've met in real life a couple times, um, and and I wanted to talk to you about comedy. So, that, did we met before before you started following me, or you followed no, I, me before? I followed you before I met okay. you. And yeah, I think we met. Was, at, uh, what? Uh, I think we met at Maker's Rendezvous. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. where I taught you uh, how to uh, build a beer crate, right? I, I have it right here yeah, behind that's, me. <laughs> that's it. I have the the one you made. Somewhere is the one I made, but uh, yeah. That's one of the funniest videos I made. Really, yeah. th- those like uh, woodworking is relaxing thing. I, I like those. Yeah, they were, but- the first one got me so good. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, comedy. Tell, tell us a little bit about your background with comedy and why you include it in your videos. Um, because for me, it's all about entertaining people. Um, more, more than woodworking itself. I mean, I, I like woodworking, but I think I prefer making videos, making funny videos over like the good craft. Because I'm, I, I mean, I, I'm not an expert. I know how to play with tools, but I'm, I don't pretend, pretend that I'm the best at it. Or, I mean, um, yeah, I'm just having fun in the shop because because I, I, I think my background of having boring jobs made myself to think about something like my safe space, a place where I can just make funny stuff without being approved by someone else. And of course, uh, comedy helps uh, breaking many barriers. Totally. Um, I think I think a smile is like, you don't have to, to smile in English or, or in Russian or, you know, a smile is a smile. You, Everybody's understand that. And I think that by making like silly things, people can 
I don't know, maybe bond stronger with me or each time I read someone saying, oh man, you made my day because you made that stupid thing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. That's, that's great. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you say that you started putting it into like your content creation because you had the freedom of that, but then take making fun. And like, if you weren't on it, I don't think the comedy would be there. And I think that's probably one of the big things that got you into the show is because mm-hmm. they knew what you could bring. Yeah. Uh, making fun is, is like my playground. I mean, I, I would have done the same without cameras and without Netflix and yeah. all the things, just being in the shop with friends, <laughs> making, making silly things because that's who I am. Even when, when there's no camera around, I, I turn at the camera saying silly, silly things. Huh. And often my girlfriend's like, Oh, what the hell are you talking about? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just making a sketch in my head. <laughs> I know I have meds for that, but sometimes I just forget to yeah. take it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I had a couple of shitty jobs in the past and yeah, I, th- I think the, I don't know how to say that, but, um, yeah, it forces me to to make funny stuff. Well, now people can agree or not, but the, the more important, um, if I smile first, if I have fun first, then that's okay. If you don't find it funny, that that's fine. I, I find it funny, so my goal is achieved. <laughs> right, like um, one of I think was the funniest uh, Instagram sketches that you used to do in your stories was the uh, swipe up. It was when you're oh, working yeah. your way yeah. towards 10,000. And back in the day, only people over 10,000 could swipe up for a link. Yep. And that was always so funny whenever you're like, oh, you can't swipe up here. And <laughs> I even had T-shirts made um, that were like, take away the 10,000 so that we can have more can't swipe up videos. <laughs> you probably saw the one I made with uh, Jimmy, right? Yeah, I think like, so. Like swipe up if you want to see. Oh, that, that was a make- at Maker's Rendezvous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so swipe where, up where if he you beat want to you see speaking French. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he pushes me. That's that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if I recall correctly, you went to school for comedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like lately, I've worked in um, uh, for my grandfather like for 20 years making furniture. Oh, wow. And then he, he had to close the um, – to, to shut, shut up the, the shop. So uh, I decided to study in communication and graphic design. Okay. After that, uh, I thought, yeah, okay, I like communication, I like graphic design, but it's not fun enough. <laughs> uh, I won't. <laughs> well, that was fun, but but not fun enough. So I decided to uh, uh, to go to the, the comedy school in Montreal. So then I could like make uh, communication, like funny communication. And it worked. I've worked for five years in TV production and live shows, making graphic, funny graphics and and things like that. And then I realized I miss woodworking. But now, how can I like blend all those skills together? And that's that's why I decided to start my YouTube channel so I can just make gags, make videos, make graphic stuff and do woodworking. seems like you've got it a nice little like combination of all those skills. Um, it, have you found there's any drawbacks to adding comedy to your videos? 
No, not for me. Not for me. That's funny because I, I've never had like hate or things like that. Like in seven years or eight years on YouTube, I like the only comments or two I had was, oh, you're ugly. Wait, I'm ugly. Cool, fine. I, I just don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Maybe funny. they were trying to make a joke and it just wasn't a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I make silly things. Like, do you remember the, the five cut metas videos? Like for yes. the cross cut and it's just like a cut at, at, with an axe, and yeah, that that's just that's stupid. That's really stupid. So, so people who are looking for legit information can find that on my channel, and they can come in like, "No, you are a fucktard." I mean, you can you can do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't have those comments. I don't know why. Probably because my big smiley face. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably also about like setting a realistic expectation. I yeah. Mean, I know you've like titled some videos like relaxing woodworking and, and then <laughs> maybe it wasn't the most relaxing thing, but um, yeah. I mean, if someone is coming to what you're doing with the expectation of like, this is going to be entertainment, not like mm. how to build a bed, what do they have to be angry about? Yeah. All in good That's, fun. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good point. Now, so there's no drawbacks to putting comedy in your videos, but do you think it makes it more fun or more difficult or both? Uh, it's more difficult to make it for a company. Okay. Um, because sometimes company says, uh, okay, yeah, go do your own thing. You're, you're funny. We'll let you handle the, the, the creativity or things like that. And then you produce something and they're like, oh, no, yeah, no, not that funny. Like, just step back a bit, step back a bit. And then you, you're just not yourself anymore. And that, that sucks. For me, that sucks. I'm, I, I'm trying to reach the freedom, but not like the freedom. Oh, let's break it all. And, <laughs> and I want to be free. But it, it just, when creating, you need, you need to keep... You, you need to let funny people do funny shits and do like the, the, the tech guy do the tech things. And I mean, yeah. Right. Well, I think, I think it can be uncomfortable for some people who like have a certain picture in their head of like what a professional environment or something is going to be like. They don't like, they don't see silliness as something that is like acceptable in mm -hmm. a in a professional setting and so like maybe maybe they think they or maybe they do enjoy comedy but once it's part of their like working day and i've had this experience myself like it's something i've i'm trying to become better with is like accepting silliness as part of work because like no, i don't not in the same way as you but i want to inject like some of my own you know personality and silliness into the videos that i make and it's hard if you have this certain like picture in your head of like well no like I, to be a function adult professional, like silliness isn't a part of that. I think so definitely no. something people struggle with. Yeah. yeah, and, and that's totally fine. I mean, if, if, if they don't want to, the content to be funny or creative or that, that's totally fine. But if you hire a clown yeah. and expect it to act like <laughs> as, as a dog, it's, it's like, no, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you hire him. <laughs> hire a clown and then just like, can you just make balloon animals? Don't make jokes. <laughs> so, in, is this in reference to your axe commercial 
Is this the one that you're trying to talk? Is that what you're referencing when you're talking about they hired you to be funny and then they they walked you back so much? That's just a different. Yeah, that that wasn't act. That was um, um, the other one. Oh yeah, no, Old Spice. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Old Spice. Yeah, sorry. You said that. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) We won't have any problems with that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. That that's one of the cases, but it's always like that. Like, okay, do funny things. Cool. I write uh, what 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 was bad with Old Spice is I made the the text approved by them, like they wrote they read it. Okay, yeah. let's go go ahead and I filmed it and like oh no I think it's too much that's offensive. No, it's not. First, it's not, and second, it, you approved it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, companies are I are hard for me. I, I prefer working with smaller companies where they have more freedom or are willing to, to um, like do some, some exploration. Like we're willing to, to, to try that. And if it doesn't work, we, we can just delete it and, and try something else. And I'm not talking, talking about like big jokes or things like that's obvious that you can't do that for a company, but right. I just, just edgy things. That's funny sometimes just to try to cross the line just a bit. Do you feel though that like, because something maybe I've noticed as a consumer is that companies do seem to be at least trying to seem more edgy in the type of comedy that they're accepting. Like, especially with, I think like TikTok and Twitter and stuff, like some companies have like Twitter account, like Wendy's Twitter account, for example, which has gotten Mm -hmm. really popular. Do you find that in your, in your own experiences that there's been like a change in the last few years? Yeah, especially with younger companies or companies managed by younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I speak of Tollable, for example. That, that's a perfect exam- example. That's not like... like um, you see Paul Jackman with Carolina and, and Tollable mm-hmm. and Arbor Tech. That he, he, he does what he wants, basically. And that's perfect and it works because he, he really has that creativity. I'm not quite there yet with companies because I don't have a lot of sponsors, but I prefer working with like less sponsors or smaller company, but do whatever I want. Like the, the, um, the ad I made for uh, water soil, oh, yeah. the, the, the furniture butter. That was cool because I, like I made what, what I wanted. So do you think it has to do with trust? And they don't maybe trust you enough or trust themselves enough to do that. Maybe. I, I think it's more like of the conservative sides versus like people who are more liberal or I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I, I reckon right. like with, with Paul, for instance, he's made that many videos with them that they know what to expect. At the beginning, they wouldn't have been like that, I don't reckon. And then if he came out and did something outrageous, they would probably say no straight away. Yeah. But because yeah, yeah. they they know what to expect from him, it's it's pretty much the same. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but I guess it's pretty much the same thing every time. You know, just in a, no, in right. a different way to, to suit that that project. But I don't know. No, you're right. Do you think that any joke? can be told or do you think there are jokes that are off limits and i'll talk about it one in in you've already said like dick jokes may not go well with 
you know, maybe underwear companies they'll work with, but maybe not every company, <laughs> yeah. right? But do you think there's any jokes that are off limits um, at all ever? And nope. then we could walk it. No. Okay. No. No. All right. But, I mean, for me, you, it's all about freedom of speech. You, you can say whatever you want, but you need to accept the consequences. I mean, yeah, if right. I make a gag about, and just recently speaking about uh, Will Smith and and uh, Chris Rock thing, right? I mean, that, that's not cool to, to slap someone on stage. I mean, you don't you you don't have to do that uh, <laughs> to express your point. But uh, at the same time, yeah, you you. I mean, yeah, Chris Rock had had the right to to say that joke, but. You need to accept the, the slap because he offended someone. I think we, we can laugh about everything. It depends on the context and of the intention. Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm just I'm just quoting uh, one of my friends, uh, a comedian, Mike Mike Ward. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's where I I came up with this. I I knew you were uh, you followed. I didn't know if you were friends with him, but obviously Mike Ward in Canada had a big. Uh, like Canada doesn't have freedom of speech like the America, like America does. And they have some certain things that are off, off limits. Um, and Mike Ward, um, I don't know the end result of it, but there was a big, uh, issue with one of the jokes he was saying. And he basically got, I don't know if he got sued. It went, it went all the way to the Supreme court, I believe. Do you you probably have more info on it? Maybe you can shed Uh a little light on, on that controversy. No, I don't really want to talk about that because I, I mean, everybody, t- um, yeah, had their their own opinions about that. But yeah, he made a joke. He, he just made a joke in the show, and like the kid, ten years later, decided that he was offended <laughs> and right. decided to sue him. In fact, that's the the commission uh, de la personne. I don't know the term in English. Anyway, yeah, he been sued, but he won at, at the end in Supreme Court. Okay, that was what I was yeah. wondering, is if he won yeah, yeah. in the end. But it's the yeah. Human Rights Commission. Yeah. It's the English. Yeah. Pour, pour les anglophones dans la okay. audience. <laughs> that, that shit pisses me off. Comedy needs a statute of limitations. Like, I'm so, like, I can't deal with hearing all these comedians getting in trouble for something they said 10 years ago. Like, times have changed just because it's not politically, politically correct now. It was back then. Well, in a sense. Like you can't, yeah. like I, I'm so like, I, I, Chris Rock I think's probably even been thrown under the bus as well. Like he says a joke ten years ago, and now they're like, "Oh, you said the N word when you shouldn't have." Like, mm-hmm. I yeah. think I think a lot of those, especially the high profile ones, though, aren't legal challenges as much as they are people on mass forming an opinion. And it, it's kind of like what Pat yeah. said. It's like you have to accept the consequences of what you said. Like, I mean. Like with what happened with Joe Rogan, it's not like he was getting in legal trouble. He still is swimming in his millions of dollars. It's just that he had to deal with a social media hailstorm for a little while, but he's, he's living fine right now. I feel like for the most part, a lot of those people, I mean, you know, barring court cases, like in the Mike Ward case are, you know, they might get some fire under them, but Mm -hmm. they're, they're fine (laughs) in my opinion. I think reputation is the biggest thing that gets hurt from that. But like, I imagine if that's a- true. I mean, they get publicity. Yeah. There's no yeah. bad publicity. 
Well, yeah, I don't well, know. depends. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine, imagine making a joke now about COVID, and then ten years down the track, someone tries to get you in trouble because you made a joke about COVID. Like, I feel like a lot of comedians are making jokes about COVID. Exactly. No, that's but that's that's the thing though. Like, imagine imagine ten years down the track that all these people are like, all oh, these people didn't take this serious and like or whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. there's got to be a statute of limitations on this on this like on jokes. I don't. I don't think there needs to be a statute of limitations. Ever, jokes can be offensive the moment you say them. There are people yeah. offended by them, and the the thing is, it, just because not enough people were offended doesn't make it not a, a good or bad thing to say. Um, you know, people yeah. have been making bad jokes for a long time that were yeah, not yeah. acceptable um, at any time, but people just didn't want to challenge status quo or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, not, it's not because I reach your limit that I've reached the limit. Right. Mm. Yeah. And Because sometimes people are just offended, but it, that doesn't mean that I went too far. It just means that you're offended. Right. Yeah. And, and you have no problem. I, I personally don't have a problem. I can be offended and I can walk away. And I can even exactly. tell everyone you shouldn't watch that; it's offensive. Mm-hmm. And that can, and that is one hundred percent within my right of being offended is to tell the entire world you shouldn't watch that. And the, the big problem today is more the media loves that story and yeah. blows these like five yeah, people are offended. Let's get them on. Get all five of them on. It'll <laughs> yeah. sound like a million people, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, let's let's get, let's get switch gears a little bit because we're starting to go down a track that isn't very funny. And when we have a funny guy on, <laughs> we want to try and make it a little bit funny. So we, we earlier we mentioned that you were on this thing. I think it's called Making Fun. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I've it. seen it before. No, uh, in Quebec, that's the Artisans Fun. Ah. Uh, we, oui. uh, so <laughs> yeah. we're on the sh- this show on Netflix, um, yeah. which was hilarious. There's lots. Of, if anyone out there hasn't watched it yet, uh, obviously you need to go do it. But there were obviously a lot of jokes that didn't make the edit, and yeah. I wanted to talk to you about your favorite ones that got caught. Because I saw today on your Instagram you had a beanie on with a propeller, yeah. Yeah. and I wanted to know what was the story behind that. Um, the, it was very hot in East Durham. Uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> it was very, <laughs> it was very hot, and and, and that propeller I, helped fan my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I told the producer, "Hey, what if I wear like a short overall? Can can I do that? Since I'm already the f- funny guy, so I think it might work." And he said, "Yeah, yeah, just try it." <laughs> but I ordered like uh, that that hat with a propeller, and I, I wore, wore the suit you you saw on Instagram. And he says, "You know what? I think that's a bit too much." I said, "Really? Okay. I, I just want to transition with that at least." And fine. After all, it didn't make the cut at all. But uh, I thought it was funny, even even though if it's just to enter the shop with that, and like Jimmy can say, "What the fuck, Pat? <laughs> what is that?" And oh. That's my new time, man. And then, like the, sec- <laughs> the second scene, I don't have it anymore. But yeah, it was just uh, so, one, one thing that. Sorry, I was gonna say you can't wear a propeller hat, but you can spend a whole episode making fun of Graz for wearing overalls. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
No, he was hilarious. Against the hat. He, he wasn't against it. He was just he just found that it was too silly. My character was already silly enough, and I agreed. Yeah. But one thing that didn't make the cut, and it wasn't at first, at least when uh, when they show us the clip, is me and Graz working on that rock, doing some pottery. It was like the ghost scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, it didn't work, but that was funny. Yeah. I feel like there must be so much that got cut out because there's only so much you can fit in an episode. Yeah, but, right. Like, I mean, there's like... Uh, five or six cameras running 12 hours a day, six days a week. And then you need to wrap like one week and a half in 30 minutes or 45 minutes. That's a ton of clips that you have to throw throw out. Um, I mean, I'm thinking about my own ratio for my videos, which is usually about like two, two and a half hours of footage to make a 10 minute video. Like what, what do you think the ratio was for this show? Like what, (laughs) how much footage to how much episode? I don't know what was really hard is we, we didn't have any pilot for that, for that show. So basically we have a, a, an eight episode pilot. Now, if we get a second season, that will be easier because we know like the, the, well, they the need to shoot canvas and yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we really overshoot everything. I'd say like what? 10% of it made the cut. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I gotta say, I, I really, I really appreciate editors of TV shows. Oh, like, yeah. I could not, I could not imagine what they must go through. Like I know that it gets like all separated, like it all gets sent to someone that specifies in coloring and, and all that sort of stuff. But even just trying to line up all the footage to be in time with each other, like it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think as well, like I wonder how many of those editors were actually on the site. And so they know where to look for stuff. Cause in my own experience of like, editing projects where I might not have been filming everything that takes so much time because you have to watch everything. I mean, I know Mm -hmm. there's like everything we're talking about, there's processes in place for that. Like the syncing up, like you were talking about Adam, like they, you know, there's, there's technologies for that. And I'm sure that's, there's things in place in the professional TV industry, like daily that allow them to to parse through it quicker, which is really super interesting. Like I I wish I had studied TV production some days because knowing just how to do that, a little more methodically would be very useful. They, they were like one one person of the crew, I think, on location for the first two week, two weeks, yeah, uh, and then everything was just sent to LA. So nobody was on the, the set to, to wow. see all the all the things happened. But the director and the co-director were uh, were taking notes and sending it to to the editors. Right. But that, I wouldn't have to. I didn't want to edit that. I mean, that was too much footage. <laughs> yeah. I started editing a one camera shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so out of the this, this stuff that did make the cut, what was your favorite funny moment? Oh, definitely the, the boob scene. The boob scene? Oh, yeah, where I boop, uh, boop oh, direct boop. nose. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not because of that action part particularly, but I think we were at the sixth uh, episode by then, and we started to be very tired, very tired. That was exhausting, and <laughs> that was. Uh, I'm just thinking about that because that's that's legit fun. What, what you see on the 
when, when Jimmy um, cracks an half, that's that, <laughs> we were just tired. But yeah. after that scene, I I did like like a cat and lick my my arm and like cuddle Jimmy like that, and then we like exploded, and we we left straight for maybe an hour. <laughs> I don't know, half an hour maybe, but that, that was that was really funny. Yeah. Everybody was laughing. Yeah, that was my favorite when, moment. When I saw that moment, what it made me think is how often you point on your Instagram. And I went, <laughs> that's what he's just been looking for something to boop this whole time. <laughs> maybe, yeah, I just want to boop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, um, is there any tips you can give to uh, the people who want to be funny, like myself? I like to, I try to be funny, but I'm not. I know I'm not. It's terrifying. Uh, what, what are the best tips you could give to people, seeing as you're a studied comedic, you know, talent here? What can you say to people to get to tell them to to try and be funny? What is it that makes people funny? What's the major tips? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I'd say um, just try to not give a shit. <laughs> All right. So, no, sometimes we're just concerned about everything. Oh, how, how it will get received or, oh, no, I won't say that because of this. And, you know, and I'm not talking about off- offensive stuff. Just, just. You know, just be yourself and you don't have to be funny, but if you want to be funny, just have fun. <laughs> Life is too short. I mean, it, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I think about just, like, I tried stand up comedy for a stint when I was in university. I think I did like 10 open mics or something. And then I off and on for a few years and it was always clear. I don't know if it was clear to the audience, but it, it felt bad afterwards if I tried to like force a joke and it mm-hmm. just like, I was like, no, that was, that was too much in one direction. Like, that's not me. Like I made a joke about like being addicted to gambling. Cause at the time I was like enjoying going to the Montreal casino to play crafts. Like I think I went like twice and I was like, that wasn't, that wasn't truthful. Like there was, there was no teeth for that to hold on to. Um, and, but sometimes it's not just about you. It, it might be about the public too. Oh, like for sure. And I like yeah, yeah. they the one the best show I ever had was because this big group of eight like super happy drunk people came in and they were just having a great time and I it just made it so easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Versus every other time when there was like three people in or like yeah. ten people, but they're all just doing their own thing in the room. Yeah, I think it's worse worse when when you know you have like just three people instead of like an hundred. For me, oh, it's, yeah, it's so easier hard. with with. A lot of people. Personally, that's not my, my type of things. Like stand up, I I can't do that because I'm I don't know. It it freezes me. But yeah. Um, so I'm curious but, yeah. about like your your education in comedy. So what was that like? Like was it what was that education? Uh, that was um, they had like two programs, like the stand up comedians one and the author program, like the writers. Uh, so I took writers. First, because it was um, less long. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one year instead of two. And two, because I didn't want to go on stage. 
That's it. I, I wanted to make comedy, but not on stage. Yeah. And was the was the focus like writing for TV? Uh, yeah, for TV, for for scene, uh, for a stage, for uh, no, that was was about everything. I'd say fifty percent for TV, but the rest, like it's for books, for uh, sitcoms, uh, for uh, um, yeah. Well, I feel when I think back to like my own education, I feel like there was a lot of parts of it that I just forgot, but there were like small nuggets that like have stuck for me for a long time. Were the, were though those nuggets for you in your comedy education where like you just keep coming back to those ideas? Yeah. Yeah. And what and what were some of those? Um I I'm I have a big inspiration from Andy Kaufman. Like mm-hmm. nonsense things, and it makes me laugh when I see people <laughs> confused. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me so happy, just just to see someone like just look at me. Like, what the hell is he doing? And, yeah, it creates some fire. And I mean, I, I'm driving my car, and I look at people just like when when I pass them, I'm like just. <laughs> just to see their reactions that's that's all and <laughs> yeah my favorite when driving the car is when you pass them you close one of your eyes and you pretend to be asleep <laughs> yeah that's funny too. But yeah. the problem with that one is you can't see their reaction yeah so it's unfortunate you gotta have you a cell phone. i do it to my yeah. son close your like you squint where you can just see through my son yeah. thinks i'm asleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting because so, I, I feel like that's something that makes a lot of people really uncomfortable is when people look at them with a blank stare, but you get enjoyment out of it. <laughs> is, uh, so on, you were just on uh, the Because We Make podcast, and one of the things you said was that timing is so important to comedy. Yep. And I wanted you, if you could, expand on why timing is so important. Oh, that I can't explain. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was important for me because I wanted not to be like um, below the other guys. And I had the feeling, on, I'm just speaking about making fun, but uh, I had the feeling that was, I was less good than them just because I wasn't able to, to communicate the, the same way. And uh, I mean, in French, I could have jumped way faster in, in the conversations. Even though it was, it was like filmed. I could have just stopped the the shoot. Okay, guys, I'm gonna do that again. But I don't know. On set with with the pressure, I was like, okay, that's it. I made it, and let, let's live with that. <laughs> I was right. so scared to to look stupid, <laughs> but it it worked. You know what? I, yeah, remember that? I, I I was talking to you during the shoot. I think. Yeah. And I told you that I I'm I'm just scared, man. I'm. I think I'm going to broke, break and yeah, but, but in the end it, it worked great. It's so funny because your advice earlier is be yourself. I know, <laughs> I know. And, and, and that's the thing with me. It, I'm, I can't follow my own advices. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're always the, the, the hardest at that. It's, uh, I can't imagine like, 
what it would be like to, I mean, I don't know how long the shoot was, but forever amount of time, just be everyone watching you and expecting you to like, and be entertaining for that amount of time. I mean, it must be exhausting. I can, I can totally understand what you're saying when you're like, I'm, I feel broken. Yeah, totally. Especially in English, because it's like, you try to be funny in, in other language and other than my funny faces, I don't have much. I mean, no, seriously. <laughs> so it, it was, at least for me, it was hard just, just trying to keep up with this. I mean, at, at the end of the first week of the shoot, I was exhausted. Like I, I was living with Paul and when we were back at the cottage, uh, I was like just almost drunk of just thinking in English and things like that. It's like it's like if you if you need to start thinking in French, mm-hmm. like for a shoot. I mean, I was comfortable enough to to speak English in the restaurant, but my English wasn't good enough to be on a Netflix show. Apparently, yes, because the editors are great. But <laughs> <laughs> was that ever like a worry going b- before you started the actual production like i don't think they're gonna want me on because i can't speak english well enough all, all the time like the, the the first three weeks and and nobody made me feel like that I, I was thinking that but the director was always beside me hey pat it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine you're good that's that's okay we all friends and but I remember, like the first two weeks, I was in I was quarantining at the at the cottage. I was in my country. I was alone in in a, a new house. I I couldn't uh, get out, and I I remember calling my girlfriend crying. Like I can't do that. I'm I, I'm too much. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shit my pants now. I I, <laughs> I want to get back home. I need my mommy. <laughs> I was really scared. Yeah. And un- until Mike, the, the director, came in to talk a bit and we developed uh, uh, like a relation. He, I, I, I've learned to trust him because he told me for weeks, Pat, that's going to be good. You're good, man. You're good. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. And every time I was like, I'm, I wasn't crying every day, but I had a hard time. And now... Because in Quebec, maybe I was, I was, I had a bias because in Quebec, when you do reality shows, when you do something stupid, they will like focus on that. Like if you pick your nose, that's going to make the cut for sure. Right. And so, yeah, I, I just, I was just scared to look stupid. But now that I'm seeing the result and Mike told me that, like Mike over there is, is super nice. He, he told me that that's going to be fine. It's. It's our uh, at our advantage to to make a great show. We don't want you guys to look stupid. And in the end, I trusted him. And now I, that I've seen the, um, that I've seen making fun, I'm like, okay, man, next season you can do whatever the hell you want with me, right? Because <laughs> so so, what are the um, odds looking like right now for a next season? Do you have any intel? We have we have nothing. We really don't know. I, I hope I. I have the feeling from from the response we have on on uh, socials that it's we, we're gonna get a second season. We're all positive about it, but we don't have any numbers from Netflix or no idea. I feel like Netflix is dumb not to. Mm. What is so? What is the communication like with them? Are they just do you have a rep there and they'll be like, we'll talk to you in a few months? Don't what worry. communication? Nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I, I have uh, I have communications with Netflix Canada. Netflix Canada takes care of me like super well. I, I I'm I'm the one who makes interviews right now. I had like 20 interviews made on, on TV and radio shows and while the other guys I have nothing. Hmm. And 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 it's too bad. I mean Netflix US seems to not give a, f- a shit. Hmm. Maybe it's not the case. I, I understand the fact that, okay, that's just one show. Um, it's, it's okay for you. It's, it's unique, but for us, I mean, that's premiere day every day. <laughs> so there's nothing to, it's something I've noticed with. as like an American living in Canada is like Canada definitely seems to really elevate their successful yeah. celebrities for lack of a better term, like yeah. actors and musicians and everything, just cause there's smaller community. And then double down on it being there's a French version of the show. So you have a, a number one, I don't know if it hit, did it hit number one in Canada in French. Oh yeah. 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 So you had a number one kid show. You're going to be getting interviews in, in French. You're the only one you yeah, are. I know. <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> did you do yeah. all of the voiceover in French? No, no, that, that's not my voice. And no. that, 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 I think that's one of the funniest thing, just to hear me speak in my own language, but without my voice. <laughs> wow, that must be a trip. Yeah. <laughs> that <sounds wild. laughs> why, why wouldn't they get you back? <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, because of the uni- union things. All right. Like you, you can, yeah. Okay, fair. Okay, we won't get into unions. That's not fun. <laughs> but you know what is fun? Our Patreon supporters. So oh, I'm yeah. going to thank cool. our Patreon supporters. We have our F clamp level, which are the highest clamp level. We have Brent Jarvis from Clean Cut Woodworking, Vincent Ferrari from the Because We Make podcast, and we have a new F clamp level, Austin from the High Caliber Craftsman. He's joining us. Um, thank you very much, everyone. If you want to, uh, if you want to watch the the video where Pat is trying to make me laugh, you can do that right now on YouTube. <laughs> but if you'd like to get access to the pre-show and after show, uh, where we have some exclusive content, you can uh, go on over to Patreon.com/clamp. Um, you'll also get a custom uh, numbered keychain made by the one and only Mordley Kurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, if you'd like to do that, we appreciate it. If you can't do that, understand. If you don't like Patreon, just send us a message and we'll work something out. That's all I'll say. Um, anyways, thank you very much, guys. And on that note, we'll go into Clamp Mendations. Clamp Mendations. We have a song that we sing. <laughs> that we all sang together and it plays it's right great. now. It's like a four part harmony. Maybe six so, part because I think we layered it twice. Yes. Do you want to go this week? Okay, do you want to go first, Pat, or do you want to go last on your recommendation? No, I can go first if you want. Okay. Can I Can I plug two of my buddies? You can do whatever you want. As okay, long as it's me and Grant. Yeah. What? As long as it's me and Grant. Well, Grant was my first choice. Uh, no, I, I, I want to plug um, uh, my buddy Vic Teslin. Woodworker oh, yes. Vic Teslin. Yeah, you need to check uh, check his Instagram out. He's an incredible guy and super good woodworker. And uh, second woodworker buddy, Matt Wallace at Ottawa City Woodshop. Oh, yes. That's another one good dude. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't met Matt yet, even though I no, love really? Ottawa. No, really? No. 
Oh. Every time it was like once I started getting to know people in Ottawa, some sort of weird plague happened. Um, and I never got like there's been no meets or anything. I did meet Vic that one time at the when we randomly. So one day we go to a restaurant uh, near my house and, I'm, and I sit down and who's behind me but Pat. He literally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember that? yeah. Yeah. We just randomly went out to a restaurant <laughs> and Pat and Vic are sitting behind me. I thought that was like hilarious. And we're anyways, it's really funny. Um, <laughs> anyway, that uh, Vic is actually a re uh, recommendation because I've recommended people go check out his book before. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Is that the minimalist uh, woodworker, if I remember? Correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice. All right. Morley, who do you got to recommend this week? Uh, my friend Jen Luke from Jen Eats Good. She has um, a food blog, and it's really good. And she's growing quite quickly. Um, she puts like a ton of time and effort into it, which is very clear when you look at her Instagram. And I want her to like be able to take this full time, which I think she would. She will be able to do if she keeps putting in the time and effort and growing. Um, nice. Yeah, she's gotten some like sponsored posts recently, um, and. Her food is really good. We've made some of it. So, cool. Jen, if you like food and you like cooking good food, go check it out. Before we move on to Adam, I have a question. If you read a recipe, do you make it exactly how they recommend or do you substitute immediately? Um, I will always start by making it exactly as they recommend. Eden, on the other hand, my my fiance, she will like – just be like, no, we're not, we don't have that. We're not getting it. And I'm like, no, like this is a good excuse to like get ingredients. We wouldn't get otherwise. Like I'm going to, I want to try to do it the same way that they do. Cause I feel like that's how I find good new foods is mm-hmm. I like dip out of my normal groceries and get those like unconventional ingredients. And now I have that thing in my fridge that I can use in other stuff. So that's kind of like my philosophy behind it. I like, you it. mean you don't just have six things that you cook constantly? No, I mean we have recipes that we rotate through, but I like I like making new stuff. Yeah. I like peanut butter and jam. I like craft dinner. Yeah. Peanut butter and jam. Ooh. Hot dogs. Uh, Adam. <laughs> uh, my recommendation this week is going to be a video by John Builds It called "The Perfect Size Workbench Slash Assembly Table." Um, I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but it was very interesting to see that he used the CNC to cut out foam inserts. Right. which I found really cool. And I really hate my workbench. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My workbench that I've spent so long making, I hate it. I like the idea of it, but I'm, I'm going to get rid of the table saw. And I think I want to keep like the flip top of the, um, the planer, but I just, I want, I want to remake it and I want to remake it like out of plywood where I can make everything better, like more square, put proper draw slides in, I like having all the stories and all the tools in the workbench, but I just, I don't know. I hate what I, I hate what I made. I love, I love the idea of people remaking their workbenches. I I actually do. I don't mind it. I think people get attached so often to garbage. Like they get used to using something that is complete Mm -hmm. and utter garbage. And I know this because I do it myself and I'm like, well, it's here and I don't have to remake it. And I'm going to use this piece of garbage. It's a plywood with a two by four, you know, attached to it. And that's all it is. And yeah, anyways, I like yeah. the idea but that you're going to go for it. The I'm good thing is that I've learned a few things from my workbench that I don't like. I don't like the table saw and I don't like that it doesn't have a vice. Right. Speaking of getting used to the wrong thing, 
Grant, when we went camping and we were doing the spoon carving, I swear, like the way you were holding the knife and carving it was like upside down and backwards. It was so yeah. awkward and uncomfortable. I'm pretty sure you were using like a lefty knife. Yes, I, I do believe that that's what I did. I ordered a righty. I went back and looked, but okay. They, I think they like Amazon. You know, it's Amazon. You're so like you're showing me how to do it, and like this is gonna be bad just for the auto concept. But like you turned your wrist like 270 degrees. Like yeah, you just gotta like do that. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> terrible. <laughs> that's hey, I made some beautiful spoons though. So I'm it's sure like, you work did. With just, what you it, do. It hurts your body. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's weird that like it didn't bother me. But I could totally see, and it's and it's extra weird because I think I have arthritis. So, well, now we know why. I don't know. Probably, probably from, from <laughs> carving spoons backwards. Uh, I'm going to uh, recommend Chris from uh, Route Nine Signs. Um, he makes amazing little miniature signs, and he's recently got into doing um, the weathering on them. So he was making like beautiful, perfect, pristine signs for the whole time and now he's he's finally doing ones that look like they're they've actually you know look like the sign that you actually see yeah instead of being brand new and i really like that direction that he's going in they're both beautiful so you know i I don't mind either one if he ever makes me a sign um you know (laughs) uh anyways you got you should go check him out all right so at this point if we have a review we would normally read it um, and Morley would read it in a funny accent. And I really wish that Pat had made Morley read in a French accent by sending in a review, but he didn't. Uh, so we're, instead, we're going to play Australian. Oh, Australians. I can do a great offensive Quebec accent. That's one I can oh. do easily. Yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. Let's go. Let's hear it. Oh, right now? Well, I need yeah. something to read. <laughs> uh, okay. Instead, we're going to do Adam's Australian Word of the Week. So, Pat, what this is is we Adam gives us an Australian slang word. And we try and guess what it is. Because you're the guest, you're going to get to guess first. Okay, cool. And, more, Go and Molly's going to answer in his Quebec accent. Uh, my word for this week is cockeyed. Okay. Oh, <laughs> can you read that? Uh, that nope. is a little... Well, I don't want it because it'll give it away too much. Okay. Bye. Uh, well, uh, I, I heard you, you install you installed that, but it's a little cockeyed. Oh, that's an easy one, but I got to do it in my in my Quebec accent. Uh, that is uh, that is an easy one. Uh, it it means it's uh, crooked on the on the wall. Oh, that was too French. They don't say the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was in Quebec. That was that was French from France. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, pretty much. It's uh, twisted or slanted to one side. Like that's a, that's a term we use in in North America. So that's, I knew it would give it away by by putting in a sentence. You're muted, Grant. <laughs> I was wondering what was. <laughs> when did I mute it? Some Adam must have muted me. I did, I did um, not. Anyways, the uh, thank you very much, Adam, for that wonderful Australian slang word of the week. It was cockeyed. Uh, I want to thank our uh, TF Turning for our theme song. Uh, Pat knows TF Turning. He follows him on YouTube and Instagram. Um, He makes music as well, and he made the theme song for this show. So if you like that music, uh, go watch his YouTube, and you won't hear any of it because he doesn't put music (laughs) in his YouTube anymore. Uh, (laughs) And I want to thank uh, Pat 
of course, for coming out here. Thank you, Pat. Um, do you want to let everyone know where's the best place to find you? Yes, on Google. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> but if they were going to go on Google, do they just search Pat and hope for the best? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, really, you can just look Pat Lab everywhere. Okay, like Instagram, Pat YouTube, Facebook. Yeah. I like it. Thank oh, you. I have a new website, patlab.com. Patlab.com. Yeah, go take a look and let me know what you think. It's super simple. I wanted to keep that like as simple as possible. I like it. I'll, I'll have to go check it out. Um, cool. You can find us everywhere on the internet by searching for Clamp. You can go to Google and search Clamp, and <laughs> it will be on like page 32. But if you search Clamp Podcast, Morley, Adam, Grant, and maybe Pat, uh, then you'll be able to find us. Um we're also on the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, and you can watch us on the YouTubes. Yeah. I just I just opened patlap.com and uh, what a homepage. Oh, now we're all going to go there now. <laughs> this is going to be wonderful audio content. Hey, if it gets people to go to the website, that's all that matters. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's intense. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much, everyone, and into the after show. See you. Bye. Bye. Uh, I hate to tell you, Grant, it's actually in a workshop. What? The picture of Pat's in a workshop, not intense. Uh, ha, ha.